0: My guest on this week's episode of Sudden Search is Shannon McGurk, Client Services and Delivery Director at Ira. Shannon is an in-demand speaker. She's presented at MozCon, Brighton SEO, Learn Inbound, and Outreach Conference. Shannon is considered one of the world's leading experts on digital PR and link building. At this year's MozCon, Shannon delivered one of my favorite presentations. The title of the presentation was Lessons in Surviving the COVID News Agenda and What It Means for the Future of Digital PR. As many of you probably know, most conference presentations are barely veiled sales pitches about everything an agency does well. Charts always go up when they're talking about themselves and down whenever they're talking about someone else. In reality, the pandemic was challenging for many agencies. IRA lost 50% of their revenue early on. Shannon's presentation gave the listener transparency into the challenges, stresses, and ultimately the ingenuity of the team at IRA. I couldn't wait to have Shannon on the show to discuss her MozCon talk. This discussion isn't theoretical. Shannon tells us about the real life challenges of being a leader in an award-winning digital marketing agency when things go sideways. Grab something cold to drink and join me for a conversation with Shannon McGurk. We'll talk about her personal growth during the pandemic, what lessons she learned doing digital PR when half of the journalists were furloughed, and I'll spend a little time talking about leadership during a time of crisis. Shannon McGurk, welcome to Sousin Search. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, really good. Thank you. Really good. And you got my name right. That's amazing. (laughs) People never get my last name right. So thank you for that. (laughs) I try.
0: So, uh, listen, I am really excited to have you on because I heard your MozCon talk and I'd like to ask you all about it. It was like one of the top ones, if not the top one at MozCon. So... It's really interesting. It's very topical for right now. It's about the topic of the talk yeah. is lessons in surviving the COVID news agenda and what it means for the future of digital PR. So this is a very interesting yeah. topic to kind of set the table. The agency you work for, you said lost 50% of your revenue during the pandemic. So you had some recovery, you yeah. had some good signs, but despite all these things that were working, you know, it just it, things weren't shaking out right. And part of this is a personal yeah. story about you. So It's illuminating, even though it's a personal story for you, it's illuminating, I think, for anyone in our industry. And it's a very, that's what I really captured uh, my interest in the talk right away. So you have this slide that says, I grew up fast. (laughs) Are you willing to share some of the personal lessons you learned during the pandemic?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think before going into some of those details, what would be really good is to explain to you how the talk came about. Okay. So I actually pitched in... I pitched in a completely different talk to Moscon, and it was all agreed, I was working through it with the team, it was all going well, um, I pulled the deck together and something just wasn't gelling, like mm-hmm. it was a very tactics based talk and two weeks before the presentation I went to the MozCon team and said this doesn't feel right, it's not quite working for me. Um, when I speak, I have to like it has to it has to link into something that like the agency has gone through or make it really genuine. Like it has yeah. to be a journey that we've been on. Um so I went into the Era boardroom with Paddy, my boss, and was like, this is what I want to talk about. That I want to talk about Era's journey and how we've kind of gone through this link building digital PR storm, thanks to COVID and how now we're coming out the other side of it, because it has completely changed the industry, um, especially within the UK. It's far more competitive now. The news agenda is far more unpredictable. There are so many different topics dominating it that looking back to look forward was really important. And um, So I, yeah, I turned that deck around very, very quickly. Moz were amazing at being supportive. And I'm sure at that point, the team could have said, no, don't do it. But they, yeah, they supported me the whole way through it. There were a couple of really late nights, but we got there. um, And I'm really proud of kind of what came out of the other side, because I don't think most agencies out there would bear all, probably in the way that Era does um because you know I, I have a PR background I am a PR some would say it's not great for brand and isn't great for sales and mm. stuff like that but part of who we are as an agency is about bearing all so that everybody can learn and that everybody can grow and we can all grow in our roles so my personal growth to go back to your question um has probably been huge you know 18 months ago started heading I start well I started in the pandemic as kind of just trying to get our clients links and coverage because that's kind of what pays mm-hmm. the bills coming out the other side of it um it's kind of crazy to say it and I'm, i sometimes get really awkward about explaining my current role now because it sometimes feels like i don't deserve it still um but yeah i run i guess i run like the i, I run four teams now so not just pr but paid uh, search the client services, digital team, and SEO, as well as creative and PR. So I've kind of gone on this journey of being a real, I guess, specialist digital PR or marketer to now um, pretty much making the team happy, that, ensuring that they've got the best environment to succeed in and just removing blockers like I laugh and joke and say that my my goal is to basically be like a snowplow and just get all of the things Mm. out of the way for the experts so that they can do their job. So in order to do that, it hasn't been easy. Um, like going back to that point around personal growth, I had to let go of a lot, and I had to learn how to let go of a lot, Um, which, yes, you know, there were some sleepless nights, but I have an amazing team around me. I couldn't do my job without, um, you know, our head head of digital, our head of creative and PR and the team leads that they've got, Um, and I'm really thankful for the journey that they've been on with us as well. You know, they've trusted the decisions that we've made and that we've come through, but yeah, it's been been a real eye-opening experience. Um, I was actually just on a call yesterday where... I was talking to one of the consultants that we work with and said, I think I've learned in an 18 month period. I think I've learned probably what some may have learned in like a five or six year period. And whilst there's been ups and downs, um, I'm hoping that, you know, we'll continue to look back on this and go, it was a bit difficult at times, but we're, we're coming good now. We're coming out the other side.
0: No, I, and I love how you've set this up because it's, it's, a credit to your agency and to you to really to really bear it all like you didn't go to, for an easy speech or anything like that you really did a hard speech no no um, you know i i think just for our audience i think it would be helpful if, it, if it's not too repetitive to understand the problem better you know before you can solve a problem you got to understand yep. and you go into the gory details of being reliant on yep. the news the timing how it's impossible to break through you know if you could i know this is going to be a, a big open question, but if you could help our, our audience maybe understand this better, like what was this big problem that came about because of uh, the pandemic?
1: Yeah, sure. So I think that's probably two ways we can attack this question. So the first part of it will be giving the giving you guys some insight as to kind of what, what happened within the agency. So one of the slides I had was that um, we lost 50% of our revenue. That happened quite thick and fast. So mm-hmm we had um and it wasn't clients trying to get out of contracts and stuff like that it was a lot of clients in specific industries that were really hard hit and they were coming to us and they were like look we're not the business isn't in the place that you know it should be can we pause until we understand what's going on and of course we're on this journey with clients like Aira's growth is tied into our into our clients growth and we want to do right by them we were all in this really really unknown uncertain situation and trying to just help each other through it so that 50 percent um it wasn't just you know clients trying to Sack us in that phase. It was coming coming openly to us and saying, um, look, can we pause? Can we just take a rain check on things? Because our whole industry is is kind of on its knees. There was we were particularly hit hard in the PR and content team because we had quite a few travel clients. Uh And then we all know how hard that industry was hit um very, very quickly. As soon as the lockdowns came in, especially again within the UK, travel just stopped. You know, we weren't allowed to leave our homes and stuff like that. So that's probably the context as to why there was a a business pressure because the revenue that we did have um again on the flip side there were some industries that were doing really well so some clients benefited from this some some really didn't but that meant that there was a real pressure for those clients that were with us to perform and to harvest these opportunities and stuff like that and we were you know we were there to try and help them do that but when furlough and stuff came in, that meant that we had to make some really uh, challenging business decisions to slim the team yeah. down and reduce headcount in order to get our business through it as well. So there was it was a bit of a cooking pot in terms of the situation we were in. Now, what that therefore meant is that from a PR and content perspective we work in and our entire link building and digital PR campaign strategies are around evergreen content. Mm-hmm. We try and avoid one hit wonders so that um, our clients get the most ROI out of yeah. their creative campaigns. And we're making these content pieces work as hard as they possibly can. So to give you an example, um, one campaign that we launched for, for a large engineering client, and um, it didn't, go, it doesn't go viral overnight, that's never the goal. But within a six to 12 month period, we had more than 100 links. And some of those links were from um, the World Economic Forum, the UK government sites and stuff like that. So it's it's a build kind of over time that we go for. Now, those campaigns that we had planned three to six months in advance, because our whole world had turned upside down and the news agenda had turned upside down, it meant that they weren't relevant, especially in some of those industries like travel, you know, very, very inspirational campaigns. You should travel here for your summer holidays. Here's the best five stars hotels in Europe, that kind of thing we can't be trying to encourage consumers to get on airplanes when there's a global pandemic. So it meant that all these forward looking campaigns that we had, um, lined up, we had to revisit and we were having to like re ideate and stuff like that really quickly that combined with the the pressures of COVID news and, and stuff that was going on there. It was almost like, and I'm sure you guys had this too. You're waking up in the morning, and you're seeing something else evolve in terms right. of the COVID stories. Like, is there another, um, I don't know, like, like, let's take the death toll, for example, or there's specific cities where Mm -hmm. there is huge outbreaks and stuff like that. And it meant that we just couldn't get the, we couldn't get the stories that we had as easily into the news anymore, because suddenly these aspirational stories and these informational stories, they just didn't stand up to the the issue that everybody was facing in their lives.
0: Oh my gosh. And it's so true. Like one of the things you really get, uh, an insight into the the way you do things is like you're serving two masters when you're doing this. You have the client who has their demands, but then you have the journalists who you have to appeal to. And that's a complicated human Mm -hmm. problem too. So what happened, one of the things I, I, I didn't even think of this is like the journalists aren't working anymore. So they've been furloughed. Yeah. Right. They, they take me through that relationship and the journalist component and how it was uprooted
1: yeah so that was that was something that we noticed quite early on um so our for example we use um, a for our outreach and we were noticing that we were getting a lot of out of offices or a lot of replies around journalists not being in um in their offices and in their current roles so just as much as our clients were kind of suffering and, and finding it difficult to get through this bumpy period, mm-hmm. so were media publishing houses and, and news sites and stuff like that. You know, they were placing their teams on furlough. They were, they were slim down, which meant that um, in some instances, you know, where there were teams of 15 writers they dropped down to five, but they still have the same amount of PRs trying to get the same amount of stories in, oh like, gosh. and trying to shoehorn stuff in. So <laughs> it just meant that, in an already really competitive space with a a competitive industry, the bar went from here, like to here. Mm. And we ended up in some instances, um, you know, having to pull together entire packages for writers. So not just sharing our campaigns in terms of data and embed codes and stuff like that, but making sure that the journalists had case studies, writing Mm. up preliminary copy and helping with quotes and all of this stuff. So that you were pretty much giving them this package and going, here, here's everything that you need. What what else can we do to get this kind of landed? Um, and that worked. That worked really well. The other side of it, um, and kind of touched on with, with some of the points there around the Evergreen campaigns, is that we very quickly learned that the best way to offer a journalist what they need in terms of value and, and stuff like that with the story from some of our clients was to just monitor the news and react to it. Mm-hmm. So if there was a story coming out about a specific thing, in an industry or how COVID was changing things, you know, very quickly pulling together a comment or researching data and getting that over to them was like that pulled through quite well in the oh, early wow, days. Um, and it's a really traditional PR tactic, right? right. That's just newsjacking. So
0: wow, that's fascinating. And I mean, there are, I'm feeling it again, but there are so many things about this talk that gave me anxiety, you know, as you're going through it, it's like
1: oh. the idea there's
0: like this part that really clicked with me where there's this idea of like a content calendar where even in localized, we're, we're putting together yeah. content calendars and this is that laborious, but important process to help turn strategy into action, all that stuff. You know, like you, you mentioned how much of a long-term view you guys have. And now you have to like turn on a dime and Bob and weave with each new news clip and newsjacking becomes the thing. I, if you can take me through what, if I'm a fly on the wall at your agency, what's going on? Now you have to do it all over zoom. We have like technology channels inside. How yeah. did you change from that long-term view to, you know, bobbing and weaving to each new news clip?
1: Yeah. So we pretty much pulled together. So we we, we called it like a war room. It was literally like our yeah, right. war room. Mm-hmm. And we had, we had morning meetings before kind of, so we're quite lucky we have flexi timer error, but a lot of the PR teams start earlier um, at the eight o'clock kind of starting time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would, we would jump online at nine o'clock, we would have a meeting every single morning, review the news agenda, say, I'm going after this story for this client. There's an opportunity here for this client. And it was almost like a, a bit of a scrum mentality that we had where we would come together first thing, decide what we were going to do, who's owning what, go away and get stuff done, come back together on Slack or in our little pods, whatever it may be, tick the boxes in terms of those outputs and then that doing that and having that process every single day meant that we could work short term in the here and now and be on the pulse of the media but then we also had some of our senior content strategists just constantly keeping an eye on the longer tail stuff and editing those yeah. content strategies out so it was really the two different roles that we have at era so those con those senior kind of content strategists that were looking at the the longer term view and our quick, hungry PR outreach team that were just like, I'm going for it. I'm going for it. Dust yourself off and keep going.
0: Oh, my gosh. Such an interesting business lesson. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you still got to build links, right? I, I doubt very yeah. much that your clients cut you any slack because of all this. So how can you possibly you know keep up the performance for clients in this climate that, that you're going through? Was it kind of figure it out as you go along or what, what did you find?
1: Yeah, so there were a couple of tactical things we did. So, again, like in the nature of being honest and stuff like that, you know, our account managers were very much holding on to the relationships with our clients, calling them up, saying, here's the challenges that we're up against, and here's what we're doing to try and offset that. And so their role really became like key communicators and constantly being proactive with it, like so that we're not on the back foot. Um, on the other side of that, we also had we, yeah, we did have some performance issues. It was always going to happen. It was inevitable, but the thing, yeah, the thing that helped us was that over communication piece, but then looking at quick wins, like the reactive stuff that I said, there, thinking on our feet, but going back over old campaigns that worked really well and then updating the data or looking at them through like a COVID lens worked really well as well, because you already have the design done. You already have a lot of, you know, the research and stuff like that done. It, it takes half the time to pivot something that's already live on site than to come up with something completely new. Oh. And also the clients are really happy because you're making that content again work harder. And because you've already built links to some of those assets, like, you know, 20, 30, 40 links, whatever it may be. You, when you relaunch it, you can go back out to some of those writers and say, hey, we've updated it with, you know, in new insights on how, how this industry is getting through COVID or new data points on how COVID has impacted the travel industry and trends and, and stuff like that. So because we had, had already had those links, it meant that we already had a way in with some of the relationships that were built with writers and therefore our chances of success in building those links were, were a bit stronger than if we were going out with a completely new campaign.
0: Unbelievable. Well, I think it's, I think it's fascinating. One of the yeah. things, you know, we can cut, I've, I've gone over the gory details cause it fascinates me, but there are some, yeah. some lessons about what, what's actually working. And so some of yeah. the things that you, you talked about already, kind of this, uh, you know, kind of quick strike, quick, quick action and reactive modes, but you, you mentioned that may not be sustainable. What, what do you, one of the things you mentioned just now is that there are some tried and true Uh, ways of getting links, you know, what was working prior to the pandemic that's still working today that you found you can go to, you can go to, and you can execute well for your clients?
1: Yeah. So I think, I think one of the the main kind of campaign assets that we've come up with that is is kind of tried and tested is these longer form data visualization style reports. So they feel like you know they're they're a big campaign they can be quite lengthy they can be quite a big investment in terms of time for yourself and your clients to build and stuff like that But the good thing about them is that they have so many data points in them. So they're not one hit wonders. You can slice and dice all of the different data points there so that, um, you know, if something breaks in the press, you can take that out. You can add in different insights. You can evolve these longer form assets um, as the the world is evolving, which kind of offsets that risk a little bit. Um, So that's quite tried and tested. The other thing that I probably stress as well um, that has continued to work really well for us is really holding on to the fact that you're still the expert. So we've yeah. all gone through a bit of a wobbly time, but if you don't back yourself and your knowledge and instill that continued trust in your client, they're gonna start to be nervous about what you're doing and stuff like that. So keeping them on that journey with you and saying, this is, look, we found this insight piece here, or there's a small pocket of the internet, you you know, we've done a link into sex analysis, and we think you should go after mother and baby press and news online sites that relate to mother and baby and stuff like that. As an example, we're going to build a campaign that goes after those links and gets you links to build your backlink authority and profile in that way. Still, nothing's changed in terms of those processes. I'm not sure if I'm being quite clear here, but some Mm -hmm. of the tried and tested tactics like link intercept work and stuff like that, they can still really feed into ideation and mean that you are doing the right thing and building the right campaigns just because COVID has come about and shaken things up. Doesn't mean that some of your basic principles need to change. It's just the outputs that need to be slightly tweaked and, and and pivoted in that sense.
0: Awesome. Well, there's uh, some longer term suggestions in this talk too, I love a good three-letter mm-hmm. acronym. You have one ROR, which I want to make sure I get right. That yeah. is a relevancy, opinion, and resolution. Walk us yeah. through this. This was interesting to me. So, walk our audience through this and how you've you've seen it play out with your clients.
1: Yeah. So this all started um, because so we work with. I'm not. You guys are probably um Greg will 100% know know him mark johnson so he held, had headed up the creative team at distilled and the function there okay. he's well well known for create for kind of creating huge viral pieces so we've worked with with mark and he's kind of been a mentor of mine for for some time and as this was all evolving prior to covid he helped us build out like an eight step validation process for some of these longer longer form evergreen campaigns that you know as i mentioned they they look a couple of months ahead and stuff like that As we were in the thick of it, we were ideating like in those nine o'clock meetings in the morning and we were going, what's going to work? How do we do it? We didn't have the time and headspace to then take that idea and put it through an eight step process. We needed to really streamline it down and go, what are the three things that that are going to help us know that this idea is going to stand the test of time and it's going to be able to stand up against the news agenda? So relevancy is making sure that it's not just from a link perspective with relevancy. So obviously Google the way that the direction is going with algorithms and stuff like that. Yes, we are rewarding um, relevant and quality links over ones that don't necessarily matter as much in terms of relevancy and stuff like that, but this is to do with your brand. So one of the biggest things that we're seeing in the, in the industry at the moment is kind of differentiating between Content that can go out and get links and deliver versus content that's actually meaningful and that your brand should be talking about it. And the way that we know that Google is going and the the direction that the industry should be taking, relevancy is going to be bigger and bigger and more and more important. So the relevancy question is really like, if you're pitching this into a journalist, are they going to question why your brand is talking about it? If it's too far off piste, don't do it because it just means that you're going to get questions and that if you're thinking it's not right, don't do it. Yeah. The, um, the opinion piece comes down to, again, what I was saying earlier around having these packages for journalists to cover for you um having a face or making sure that your brand can have a solid opinion on a date, a campaign, a data point, whatever it may be means that you're likely offering insights or a point of view, that your competitor isn't that could be your ceo your cto your hr manager talking about the data and insights and having you know having a bit of a controversial out there opinion is also helpful as well um especially if you want to you know improve industries for the better um a really good example would be again to, to look back at our at that engineering client that i mentioned talking about women in stem and how that right. you know that, that needs to be that industry needs to be improved and we had um we had one of the key stakeholders within the business. She was a female. She had a amazing engineering degree from a top university in the UK. Um, she had you know, helped lots of businesses through. So her having her speak about our campaign and being that voice that can demonstrate those insights meant that again, it was only gonna strengthen it and therefore it was good. Um, and then the last point there, uh, I forgot my own framework, how embarrassing.
0: <laughs> No, no,
1: sorry. <laughs> i'm so into this talk this is this is i get so carried away with things so yeah we've got relevancy opinion and
0: resolution Is that
1: the uh, resolution yeah so that's that comes down to doing good and we saw in the news agenda again with some of our campaigns journalists wanted to cover news items that were making things better in the world and that had a positive spin because there was so much negativity around covid and stuff like that oh yeah so can your brand actually help offer a solution can they try and change things for the better and that shouldn't be transparent you know we don't want an opinion that says oh we could invest this amount of money in that like no we we actually want you to think to do better this is a good output and this is what that translates into for the industry and you know shedding a light with some really challenging data results or having a slightly controversial opinion or an out there headline that is going to be offering a bit of a resolution because it could be it could be opening up a conversation that needs to be had in a specific industry.
0: Well, fascinating. And this ROR framework is the first of like a three-part technical approach you're beginning to mm. take. The, the second part of that is production format libraries. Can okay. you kind of unpack that for our audience or what what this means for, yes. for you guys moving forward?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So these came about because um Again, once we when we were in the midst of things, time was of the essence, right? So when we have a campaign idea, yes. the news agenda was changing so quickly and we were starting to kind of, you know, um, Paddy actually did a massive research piece around the best performing formats for link building and what formats tend to work really well for us and our clients in terms of getting sustainable quality relevant links so we overlaid that piece of work which said things like indexes interactive uh, radial bar charts maps and stuff like that work really well with looking at the news agenda and thinking okay we've got a really good idea how do we get this out quickly and efficiently because who knows in a week's time something else could change again and this idea might not be relevant so our designer and our web development team Um, We kind of all got together and we picked three formats that worked really well that had been kind of tried and tested. We essentially created wireframes for them and code. That meant that if our team had come up with a a similar idea that could be visualized in Mm. that way, then we take that wireframe and we make it completely bespoke for clients. So you don't want to look at two different things. You know, it's really important that we're giving TLC and time and love to these campaigns for clients as well, because we're paying for them but it meant the foundations of the visualization from a design perspective and also the foundations from a coding perspective were already there. So it cut, like, it, it made things so much more efficient so yeah. that we were we were able to get things out quicker, basically.
0: So you gained this huge speed advantage, which is so important. So uh, awesome. Yeah. Well, let's close the loop. This is, a, a, I said there were three. The third one is promotion, managing unforeseen circumstances. Man, we, we, you, you really uh make the point about those unforeseen circumstances. How does this uh how's this third tactic play out?
1: Yeah, so this this was something that we experienced quite a lot. So as the news agenda was changing, as our working lives were changing, as we were all forced into this kind of situation that I mean it was going to go down in history, right? Our children and our children's children are going to be learning about this in their history lessons. <laughs> um so in light of that, I think When we were starting, so imagine that you have this idea and we've come up with it really quickly. It's gone through design and we're at a point where we're going to launch it. And this relates to almost on the day when we go into that nine o'clock kind of war room, that newsroom war room that I spoke to you guys about we find a story that means we can't launch it because of whatever reason, or there's been a delay, or it's not quite right, or um I think the the example that I used within the the MUSCON deck was around we had a really nice aspirational a um, campaign around kind of Caribbean holiday destinations. And as the COVID story and, and, and stuff like that, the notions were unfolding, Maldives was basically put on a bit of a red list and it was it went into complete lockdown before the UK and the US did. On the day that we were supposed to launch our campaign around, you know, five-star luxury resorts and stuff like that in the Caribbean and um, in the Maldives and the South Indian Ocean and stuff like that, there is no way we can be trying to get people to travel to these luxurious destinations when they're currently being locked down. So, part of this comes around just being open and transparent, and your account managers or your consultants, your your leads, whoever is in that point, that position with the client to make calls very very quickly now we all know the time and effort that goes into campaigns and you want to launch it because you've produced it and you're excited about it but sometimes in that split second you have to put your ego to one side and go it's not the right thing to do and we should hold off we should let the dust settle and you know what clients might be frustrated but it's all for the greater good because once you let that news agenda die down you can make some small tweaks to your campaigns and you can ensure that it goes off and delivers in terms of you know link building outputs and stuff like that you don't want to kind of cut your nose off despite your face yeah, in that right. sense and it's fresh it's really frustrating but it's sometimes it's the right thing to do that when these big unforeseen things come through you just pause take yeah. a stop say it's not the right time to launch we're going back into the drawing room and we'll come back again.
0: What a skill. And it, it's clear. It's, it's clear evidence that you guys have this great team that you can do that because there's probably going to be some disagreement. Yeah. You know, some people aren't going to be on board with that. So, um, well, definitely. Well, listen, Shannon, like it's an amazing talk. You guys, I'm, I'm a huge fan of yours after watching it and your, your agencies oh, and just your you. kind of approach to this. Cause you're right. Not many agencies would share this stuff and it's so valuable as an agency owner. To learn from from others, and so uh, I wanted to say that to your face. If, if people want to reach out to you, how should they do that?
1: Yeah, um, so Twitter is always great. My DMs are always open. Um, I'm happy to answer any questions or um, you know give words of advice and stuff like that. I think we are we have all gone through some crazy times in the last kind of 12 to 18 months, and you know things are definitely on the up. And as we get to used to this whole new normal that everybody's talking about um just believe in yourself trust your gut and your instincts you're the expert at what you're doing take a breather not everything has to be done at 100 miles an hour and you know things will come good but yeah if you've got any questions or you want to reach out like twitter or, or linkedin is always great
0: all right well shannon uh, i really appreciate the time and i'm going to give you a virtual cheers uh from chicago oh. and uh, cheers <laughs> And I and, uh, look forward to seeing you in person, hopefully at some point, but for now I'm going to, I'm going to sign off. We'll be back next week for another episode of Southern search.
1: Awesome. Thank you for having me.